Welcome back, all. We're going to franchises again, gentlemen. We did Die Hard. We've done most of Predator across the the period. We will tie up that loose we end. We will tie up that loose end, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to leave um, it open. This time it's Aliens. Don't forget Rocky. Or Alien. Oh, yes, we did, ha- we did take Rocky. Oh, yes, I forgot about best Rocky. Best series ever. Gents, <laughs> happy to be back for this, this period? Of course. Before we get into it, let's do a quick round <clears throat> the table, what we've been watching. Gibbo. Okay, uh, pretty slim pickings for me this week. First thing I'd say, uh, caught episode nine of Game of Thrones. Erection inducing. Yeah. <laughs> what what an episode. I, it's, it's probably good. top two or top three all time, I'd say. Only a few little holes in it if you want to be a real pedantic bastard, but the, the set scenes in it. The, the guy that directed it is a genius. He's got to get on some action movies somewhere. I don't know if he's done much, but... Wow, the staging for both of the action scenes, I won't go into details, but they were amazing scenes. They um, were. <clears throat> I was a pretty big fan of that. Uh, that was pretty cool. And then I caught two flagship comic book movies. I caught Civil War. Ooh. Finally. I only think? just caught it in cinema. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's really super, good. super, super keen on that. So I'm, I'm sure you guys have spoken about it a few times. Then to balance that out, something I know you've also spoken about, I watched Batman v Superman. <laughs> It's Have a fucking it. debacle. <laughs> <coughs> I don't even know how fans... Gives it immediately. <laughs> I don't know how fans could even up. like it. Oh, it completely shit. betrays both of the lead characters' whole stories. Batman's shooting people, he's murdering people, he's torturing people. Well, it's never confirmed. He doesn't check a pulse at all. Mate, there's no... <laughs> sell- and, and I'm pretty sure someone's dead. <laughs> seriously, Superman could not be more of a wooden, just painted-on character. It, there's bits of the movie that are just plugged in that don't make any sense. There's no lead-up to them. They just sort of drop in and drop out, and they never go back to them again. I haven't actually finished it. I've got about 15 minutes to go. I've, I've watched it in four different settings, I think, because I keep That'll falling fix asleep. It. That last 15 minutes will sort it right yeah. out, I'm I guarantee. Sure. Ties up all the loose ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not quite at uh, Jupiter Ascending status, but it's fucking pushing it. Yeah, it's like, pretty In terms rough. of a movie with a budget like that, to get it that wrong, Zack Snyder needs to be put to death, death basically. Yeah. He has murdered it. They should have taken him out of the Justice League, but it's too late. <clears throat> I think he's, yeah, and the, the worst thing is that he's... Um, He's really in two movies has has made it really fucking difficult to right the ship with the whole I don't universe. Think he'd come thing. Back. Yeah. yeah, they've just done so much just destroying characters that everyone sort of well, knows. Well, yeah, look, look, I still got hope for Batman because yeah, I, I don't think Batman, Batman was as could bad. Could right the ship if they get it right. But the problem was like you know Batman's supposed to be the dark brooding and Superman's supposed to be the light and all American boy. They were both dark as shit. Like yeah. you couldn't. <laughs> it was just a battle of who can be darker. And it wasn't even dark for a point though. It was just it's painful to watch. So looking at what that, did you think of Lex Luthor? War, that was my biggest problem. That. Oh, that's inexplicable. There's yeah. no. It was just. It, it was Mark Zuckerberg. It wasn't Lex Luthor. It's not even that though. He's got these little ticks like it. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks around and he says something, and then sort of like he's so excited that he said it. He does like a little dance, and it's. There's no motivation for what's like. I didn't want to speak this long about. It. There's no motivation whatsoever for his whole plot. There's nothing other than no. him thinking maybe that Superman's more powerful than him, and he's rich and he wants to be powerful. There's no mention of that though. It's just. He's the bad guy, and that is just lazy. And yeah, it was fucked. pretty bad. So, anyway, I don't want to go into it anymore. I'm, I'm just going to get mad. <laughs> Over you, Coxie. Um, I caught the second Turtles movie oh. out of the shadows. It actually and wasn't wasn't bad because I, I was a, the, first I, the first one was. A real kick in the teeth for anybody that's ever watched Turtles. <laughs> Is anyone who's watched film? <laughs> anyone that's watched film, yeah. Anybody that's purchased a ticket at the cinema, that was a kick in the teeth too. This one actually actually corrects a few things. It's way more fun. A couple of cool sort of action movies. The, the, the characters are more sort of what you know and then they bring in a few of the old favourites like Bebop and Rocksteady and Krang and... It's actually a lot more fun. It's How still not a great movie. Though, I've heard mixed up and down. Yeah. A couple of times they were really fun and just sort of stupid henchmen like they were in <clears throat> movies and then other times they're high-fiving each other over the size of their penis and things like that. Right. So, I think that's the downer. Yeah, yeah. that's a downer. What's especially wrong with that? Especially the PG show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stephen Amell, who I'm usually a real big fan of. That's Casey Jones. Yeah, he was Casey Jones. I think he did the job, but he was a little bit of a downer in this one. I don't know whether it was what they gave him to do or whether it's just 
you know, um, he doesn't, he can't stretch very far. I heard his acting um, chops came into a bit of question. Yeah, so I mean, when you when you're opposite sort of Megan Fox. It's hard to look bad. Yeah, exactly. He did get a few scenes with Will Arnett, and Will Arnett's in it very briefly, but mm. he's he's probably the best thing about it. That's a that's um, a problem. But yeah, it's, <laughs> he's oh Will Arnett's great. If oh, I love him. Like but he was abysmal stuff, yeah. in the first one. It was... Yeah, but they he's definitely. I think in this one, it looks like they may have just sort of turn the camera on and let him sort of ad-lib his lines a little bit and stuff. Right. Like he's telling, you know, Mr. Stephen Amell, he's like, who's Mr. I can't fill a T-shirt over there and yeah. things like that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny when he's on screen, but that's very brief. But, yeah, I mean, if you like the Turtles, you like this one way more, way more than the first one. Is, no, they're not playing buck-buck this time. Is around. Michelangelo less of a rapist? Because he's Somewhat. very rapey in the first yeah. one. Yeah. That Somewhat. was pretty cringy. Yeah. Um, but definitely, definitely better. I reckon I'd peg it about three out of five. It was, it was oh, fun. Oh, okay. That's yeah. worthy then. It was stupid, but it was fun. Well, you don't expect anything else. It's a Michael Bay movie. So. Yeah. Game of Thrones, same. I really enjoyed it. That The the battle scenes were just fucking just uh, unbelievable. Like 15 minutes and you were just sort of hanging on every little every little detail. Um, I saw a bit more of Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, still going very slowly. No, it hasn't straightened out. Still four episodes in, and we're still not even in Mexico. So. Right. Well, it's, it's time to uh, get it. Yeah. <laughs> Look, four episodes in, <laughs> you've reached it. Ah, like, uh, Robert. I think was it Stephen King that used to say, if he's read ten pages of a book and it's no good, he's jumping shit. <laughs> I probably should subscribe to that theory with yeah. film, but, but I'm going to stick with it. Watched, so. Yeah, exactly. It's too late to go there yeah. now. And Scream episode three. Yep. I watched that. Similar, similar. It's just, it's just chugging along, dropping a few little bits and pieces in there, but not really going anywhere at the moment. Look, just to sort of segue nicely into my lot. Well, um, I've got one more, but I'll come back to it. I'll come back. To I it. thought episode three was better um, because they're starting to showcase some <clears> of the the little behind the scenes things mm, that and are getting there. into the new characters and the, the the murder. One of the, the murder sequence that they showed in this one was really good. I mm. thought it was really good, and I'm interested to see what they do with episode four. But they're still, I still think they're below what they gave us in the first season. Yeah, to be honest, definitely at the moment it is. Yeah. Um, I also watch. Oh, okay, finish yours. Yeah, I'll finish mine off. I, I read a comic this week, and normally I wouldn't talk about them that much. Good, but I read an absolute cracker. It's by Paul Dini, and he's like he's a guy that's got a background heavily in sort of cartoons and stuff. Big in. <laughs> Sort of the Batman animated series, wrote for He-Man, wrote for like, all these cartoons that you know of. He's written DC Comics. He wrote the two best Arkham games for mine, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. So he's a really good writer. Um, he's just put out a comic about, it's called The Dark Knight, but it's Knight, N-I-G-H-T, rather than The Dark Knight that mm. we know as Batman. He re- He's written a story about his life, and it's picking up mostly sort of in the peak of Batman animated, and what happened was one night when he was walking home, he got the shit kicked out of him by two random blokes on the street. Yeah. So he's written this comic using the Batman characters to, to sort of deconstruct his psyche after that happened huh. and how he sort of spent his life creating these characters. He created Harley Quinn, so he's got a fairly hefty connection to the Batman universe. Yeah. Mm. And, yeah, he's he's having this sort of thing about how he spent his life creating heroes, but then when he needed one, there was no, there's nothing there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he got he got the shit kicked out of him. He went to hospital and had to get his face reconstructed. They said parts of his skull were, were not, not there anymore. They'd basically been fucking dust. Absorbed into his body. Yeah. And no, um, all been there. And he's... The comic, is, the comic is him using the characters of Batman to deconstruct it all. So the Joker's the self-loathing part telling him you deserve this sort of shit and that sort mm. of stuff. And Batman's the one telling him, get up on your feet, get back to work. Then he gets into drinking problems and you see him going to a bar and opening the door for him at the bar is Penguin. You know, yeah. Penguin's involved in running illegal clubs in the Batman stories. Then he starts de- deconstructing his fear with the Scarecrow. It's fucking excellent. Sounds really, really, really good. And it's all, you know, it's a true story. So he's um, just weaved all these characters in there. They didn't actually put it out under the DC imprint. DC's got an offshoot called Vertigo, which is more adult stories yeah, and that sort yeah. of thing. They put it out under that. But if you've got any interest in Batman, I would check it out. It's one of the best uses of the characters I've seen in a while. So I thought it would be worth a mention. Excellent. Sounds good. Hmm. We'll give you that one. Uh, I saw very little as well. As I said, Scream Episode 3. I saw the documentary The Central Park 5. Yep. I was pretty unimpressed. 
Yeah. I mean, did you watch that before? Yeah, I did. You guys talked about but it. There was, My feeling there was, was, there was, was no inf- there was no evidence either way, as far as I could tell. Uh, look, I think. For mine, very um, little evidence. Yeah, in the doco, they didn't go into it. But yeah. for mine, I think it was. I like to do a bit of googling and whatnot after this. After I watched those ones, he, for me, it was pretty clear cut that they were innocent. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and, and that timeline pretty much showed it. Yeah, how, that, how could but they have done doco, it when they were, they were a couple of k's away punching at someone or yeah. threatening someone else? Um, but especially in the wake of something like making a murderer, it yeah. was it was pretty down the line doco. Yeah, it was. It was. There was very little to it. Yeah. And the only other thing I saw was um, went to the movies and saw Now You See Me Too. Mm. Average. <laughs> what did you think of the first one? Though? I liked the first one. I yeah. thought the first one was cool. <clears throat> it, look, you had to suspend disbelief, but they did it really well. And when there was tricks happening, you're engaged. The problem was in this one they, they felt the need to bring everyone back and there yeah. was no need for several characters getting a re- re-jig. Woody Harrelson, for some reason, is playing two characters. Come on. <laughs> These two paychecks, mate. He's having a shocker as the second one. I can tell I, I, you I now. I love Woody, though. I love Woody, yeah. too, but, geez, too much Woody goes too far. <laughs> but that was it for me. Okay. Hmm. All right. We'll take a break, throw on the trailer for the first Alien movie, Alien. We'll come right back. Alien from 1979, directed by Ridley Scott, who's done Gladiator, Black Hawk Down, and Blade Runner. Hack. (laughs) (laughs) Produced by Walter Hill, who was involved with the Warriors, yes. And Red Heat. Also David (laughs) Garner and Gordon Carroll. It was written by Dan O'Bannon, who did Return of the Living Dead and Total Recall. And Ronald Shusette who did King Kong Lives and a Steven Seagal vehicle, Nico, above the law. So Ronald was just in the room. (laughs) (laughs) He farted. (laughs) It stars Sigourney Weaver as Ripley, Tom Skerritt as Dallas, John Hurt as Kane, and Yofet Koto as Parker. The budget for this was $11 million, and it's made $203 million worldwide. That includes several re-releases, I believe, over the years. A little bit of trivia, Harrison Ford turned down the role of Dallas. Yeah. Now, before we get into it, about our thoughts, one of our uh, listeners, Alastair from the UK, who actually was the first uh, listener to actually get in contact with us, and when he did that... (laughs) Prior to that, I thought we were putting out signals. (laughs) (laughs) Fabricating emails. No, no, Alastair got in touch with us, and he mentioned the Alien franchise, that we should cover it. We've got in contact with him and asked him to provide his thoughts on the films, so we've got a sort of a silent fourth podcaster, basically, for the entire series here. Mm. I'll give his thoughts first, and then we'll get into it. He says, Alien is a masterpiece of the highest calibre. One of the films I find very difficult to see any faults in. The cast, music, cinematography, set design are all pitch perfect and come together perfectly orchestrated by Ridley Scott. From the very outset, you get the feeling that something is wrong, or there is there being an impending sense of dread and it only gets worse as we're introduced to the creature and as Ripley evolves into her heroine. One of the main reasons I appreciate Alien compared to the later later instalments is Ridley Scott's choice to show as little of the creature as possible (coughs) to only further that fear of the unknown. A sci-fi horror benchmark that influenced dozens of movies to come, often imitated, never bettered. Gibbo. No, I don't need to speak. I I might as well just leave. What are your general thoughts, mate? Um, Your score. Yeah, I can't, can't disagree with Alistair. Um, I hadn't actually seen either of these movies in the entirety. I've seen snippets, bits and pieces. It's one of those series that got away from me. Similar to Star Wars. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies either, so um, I get a lot of shit for that. But um, this movie is incredible. To see that it's made in 1979 and then you see the way they did the effects. Um, I know a lot of it's practical with models and stuff like that, but the way it was shot... The atmosphere that's set right off the off the start, it's friggin' incredible. There are a few little hiccups with some of the puppetry stuff, and it, it gets a little bit wooden at, at points, but you've got to give it that, considering how old the movie is um, and what they had to work with at the time. It's a masterpiece, as he said, so I'll give it four and a half. Four and a half. Jared? 
Yeah, well, we pretty much covered it. There. I can't really add anything more. But Thanks, yeah. Alistair. I think the, I think the best one is like the best thing about it is is that atmosphere and the sense of isolation the whole way through and the way that they sort of foster that. I don't think you can give it anything else than other than a five for mine. It's just as Gibbo said, you watch it and then you have to sort of remind yourself that it's made in 1979 because it hasn't aged much at all. No. The effects don't date it. The look of the spaceship doesn't date it. Like, it's just incredible. So, yeah, five for me, for I sure. I agree. Five out of five. I, I 100% agree with everything Alistair said. It, the movie basically, there's a palpable atmosphere and a sense of dread that's very, very, basically in my mind, has only been covered in, in a couple of movies in my lifetime, I reckon, mm. that I've seen where I felt generally uncomfortable throughout, and it's got nothing to do with shit popping out Jump of the screen and, and jumping out at you. It's got to do with the the actual way they they shoot the movie. Mm-hmm. Jaws comes to mind. Yeah. It's another one that does it very, very well. And uses the same thing where you don't really see anything. Yeah. A lot of time it's hinted at and it's sort of suggested. But, but it just it is. It, it's an absolute masterpiece. And, and for me personally, I think it's one of the best directed movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, now I feel silly going to four and a half. <laughs> I owed myself a half. You wanted to leave week. yourself somewhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, it's incredible. Let's get straight into the likes. To me, the, the, the movie's just dripping with atmosphere from the moment you, you get into it. There's the whole sequence at the start where we just sort of slowly move through the corridors of the, of the ship. Yep. And there's no humans, there's nothing... There's nobody in the place. It's it's almost like it's dead. Yeah. And that, the shots are really long and lingering. Like, they don't... It's not all chopped up. You know, like, today's movies, they'd be really quick edits or, you know, you'd have some longer edits, but a long edit these days is very... Yeah, fuck, we better throw a close-up yeah, of something yeah, yeah. in there or... Yeah. This just does it with this real... It's almost like a dream-like atmosphere when you first get in there. It's like walking around it. Yeah. And then you come across the, the hyper pods. The pods. Yeah. Open. Yep. And that's what for the first five minutes I think, and it it just sets that tone. Yeah. Immediately sets that tone, and it, as Alistair pointed out in his, his little thoughts on it, there's a sense of dread or there's something wrong, even though nothing's wrong. We with have it. absolutely no <clears throat> idea. We're right at the start, yet there's a feeling that there's something wrong, mm. and I think that's really got a lot to do with the way it's shot. Yeah. And and the way all the lights and the and the the um. Everything's halogen, you know, like it's all very bright in those first, like first areas are quite bright yep. as we open up the pods and everything like that. And that changes later, which I think is a great, another master stroke. I mean, I'll get to that later, but it's yep. another master stroke that changes the movie's atmosphere again. Yep. Uh, I also like the way they set up their characters for the first, you kind of meet them when they finally come out and they're kind of hanging out and they're having, having breakfast or whatever you want to say and you're getting to know them, and it's all done fairly quickly. Mm. And it's, all, yes. it's all, it's like it is done fairly quickly, but it's all taking its time too. Mm. Like how often do we get a movie where we see the characters just sit down and have breakfast? Like, yeah. It's, it is very methodical, <clears throat> the way that it's all sort of going along. Yeah. The production design and the effects for that era, but in any era, I reckon, it makes a lot of very just current movies with way bigger budgets look like just pretty incredible. Bad. The amount of effort and the and the attention to detail and all that stuff that they've got in there, it's just phenomenal that they got yeah. this kind of work done mm. back then. It's a perfect example of why CGI isn't always great for some filmmakers because this they had obviously had some designs for the for the alien, but they had some restrictions about where they could show it and. I mean, it, it works in, in in their favor. It's just like Jaws, where you get these little glimpses, and they're enough to scare the scare the crap out of you. And then the rest of the time, you're thinking, where is it, and what more is it sort of what more is it going to throw at them? And I think the ship as well. Like you said, there's there's parts of it where you're wandering around these really brightly lit areas. That the design is just unbelievable. The look of the the ship, mm. but then later on in the piece, they start adding where they sort of go down trying to do some maintenance and yeah. there's flickering lights and, and dust. darkness and chains yeah, and yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> things like that. And that, that was what I was going to say. The movie's almost split in half. 
in terms of the um, actual the design of it. The first half is a lot of the brighter halogen sort of sterile. Looks a bit like a hospital yep. almost. Yeah. But then the second half is down in the bowels searching for the, the creature. Yep. And that's a totally different look. And and you just don't get that these days. You don't get that. Like the direction is he's done they had a certain look they wanted to go for here, then we're gonna switch it up. But it doesn't change the the suspense and the and the fear that it that it kind of builds. Yeah, you still have the unease when you're in the the first sterile environment. You've still got that uncomfortable. I mean, <clears throat> one of my major likes is the use of silence. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Like you said, there's no jump scares and stuff, but you'll be just going through something, and there, because there's no sound, you're so uneasy and you're so just like disquieted by the fact that it's so silent and especially when they're doing the shots from the outside of the Nostromo and obviously in space there isn't any noise Yeah. so just the start of that you're automatically just taken out yeah. Yeah. I thought the use of which sounds weird but the use of not having sound was just amazing mm. yeah it was sort of I had a similar like with the score because they didn't overdo it there was parts where it was silent or it was just a little tiny bit of score that was or even vibrations vibrations and things like that and it was all like parts of it you're sitting there and because it's silent you're thinking are we good like are we we okay here a lot of the time the the silence in other like much less well-made movies the silence leads to the jump scare yeah yeah, yeah. or they'll have like the shink 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 and then something will happen where in this you'll have a silence and then there'll just be a scene change yeah yeah, yeah. and you're like fuck they've got me now i don't know when something's gonna happen from the other one you kind of Where's it going to happen? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It got me kind of caught up here. Now, when is, when is something going to come? But the other thing too is parts of it where it, it builds and something does make a bit of noise or whatever, they quickly show you a little bit of outside mm. and it's just howling, like wind sort of type noises or the ship landing or something and then you just quickly remind it, oh, okay, so even if they are screaming, no they're, one's fucking, they're, they're fucking isolated. Yeah. There's no one around. Like, yeah. It's a simple idea. You know, it's basically a slasher type film on a, on a in a spaceship. Yep. Essentially, that's that's all it is. But the effort required from all the moving parts, so all the all the design elements, the direction, all of that, it just showcases that what it actually takes to make a movie like a class movie. Hmm. You can go the Bigfoot route <laughs> or the Avalanche Sharks route, or you can yeah. do something like and that. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> that's probably the sort of the um, barely driven sort of dirt track. <laughs> <laughs> the funny part is they probably have the same budget though as this, and you just look at the difference in end products. It's it's insane. Yeah, and, it's and funny that you say that. There's uh, it's fairly like fairly straightforward though, because I don't know if you've sort of gone into the subtext of it. What some people think it's about. Oh, here we go. It sounds pretty damn deep. Coxie's like, analysis. What's no, the, it's not my what, analysis. I'm really subtext. No, I mean, you love subtext, um, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like to look at what other people think of a movie and see, you know, whether yeah. I. Usually, I'm just sitting there going, "Fuck, I missed that <laughs> completely." Yeah. Well, um, I saw a lot of it's about, I saw well, a gun in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah uh, fire. Shit. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of people think it's about sexual violence. Okay. Which is interesting. Well, the, the, the rape thing definitely comes into yeah. it. I mean, the forced yep. impregnation, that sort of stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. It's yeah. there. But. So it's worth looking worth looking into if you'd like to dig into the subtext. I guess it so. seems like it's very simple. And and there's a few lights I've got here which go probably a little deeper mm. into it. But I think on the surface, when it was first written, this is what I read for some trivia, it was basically meant to be a B movie. It was yeah. meant to be called Star Beast. It Ooh. sounds like that, so, sounds, that sounds like a B movie. My it thinking sounds like is shit. Wasn't the right? alien supposed to talk? Yeah, and things like that. What it turned out was actually Walter Hill had a lot to do with streamlining the the script. Hmm. But I think you'll find that you take product like this, right? The idea was good enough to get someone in. Yeah. They then streamlined. Yep. And then you get someone like Ridley Scott, who's got this really great visual style yeah i think um i actually think a lot of that the the sort of theories around that subtext come from hr geiger as well yeah. or giger or however you pronounce well they it. had to tone down his um alien creations they yeah, because they did look too phallic yeah. <laughs> some species yeah, yeah, yeah so, so but i think uh, for me my perspective personally on is, par <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> same movie same movie just with a hotter alien species has got better atmosphere <laughs> subtlety about more it more suspense i almost it's also got more, more <laughs> types of species it's also got more forest Whitaker than this movie so it yeah, wins true. automatically 
Everyone yeah, but the species doesn't have enough yo-fed cocoa. <laughs> but I think you take Ridley Scott out of this movie, like he doesn't direct this, and you give it to someone else. Yeah, it's, it's not as good a movie. Yeah. No chance. It's as simple as that. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those ones where a lot of elements had to come into play yeah. and sort of just create the perfect storm. I, I <clears throat> think, um, and you said it before, nothing's really rushed at all. At no stage are they, except maybe in the last 20 minutes, do they start to... To push Pile forward and, and get a bit of speed. But that's the escalation of the film. But yet it natural. feels like, and you said it before, you think only 10 minutes have gone by, but you're 40 minutes deep. Yeah. And nothing's happened, yeah, but you yeah. haven't been bored. Yeah, you haven't been bored. And I found that really, really. Yeah, you're just getting drip fed little bits of sort of. There's, they're moving the plot forward just bit by bit with yeah. little bits of information. Oh, mother said this. Oh, we've got to go and check this out. Or we've got a beacon, blah, blah. And it's just, it's very slow and very methodical. But as Kubo said, you're sort of wrapped up in wrapped up in it the entire time. And that first hour where it doesn't seem like there's a heap going on, it just speeds past. So. I, I really like the, the face hugger attaching itself to John Hurt yep. when they're actually in the... What is it? it was, uh, it's it was like a derelict nest. ship, yeah, yeah the, yeah. the nest ship. Because, yep. again, they use silence until it goes and jumps out and grabs him. So they use the silence, and, they t- again, it takes, like, forever. Yeah. It opens up, and, and you're sort of – and you're just you're sitting there thinking, <laughs> where's it going to go? But the <laughs> other thing, too, is, like, there's little parts about that. They just, again, they build the isolation that you got three people walking around with those lights on their head. Yeah. Those, those lights aren't doing anything for us. All and we can see is blue fog. Their visors. Yeah, if my yeah. visor was fogging up and I'm going on an alien spaceship, I'm wiping that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and just hoping for the best. Like, I'm running for the I'll escape pod and saying, see you later. I want more peripherals. I'll head back home. No steam for me, thanks. Yeah. The lights actually make it somehow more claustrophobic. All you get is like a little tunnel of light. And then the darkness is sort of pressing down on you. So all the mm. surroundings, you know, you can see little bits and pieces, but it's basically just the three of them walking through that ship. Do they, do they ever clarify whether that ship belonged to the the aliens or was that a separate alien race that was attacked by them? No, I think was in the sequel they mentioned it was a derelict ship. Mm. They'd never... So it would it crash landed. So I believe it? it's all it's it's that the big skeleton they, they found it like yeah. the the jockey the the robot yeah, the, the, the space jockey, jockey or space jockey yeah and I think that's how you end up tying into Prometheus which right so he's the big white guy from Prometheus well which was a pilot. something like that yeah we're not going to watch that please keep that out of the loop anyway you're right though that yeah all I that think stuff that's what it is yeah. even even the simple thing and like nowadays you know what it is. Where they're going into the nest, John Hurt's going into the nest, and it's got that layer of blue mist. Yeah. And it's so simply done with a laser now yeah. and now. But back in the day, people would have been like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's 79. Like, yeah. Yeah. And you, you've got to be thinking that's like an incubating layer of probably keeping heat in yeah. to warm the eggs. And, oh, it was and obviously, as the series goes on, you start to understand some of those bits yeah. more yeah. because of, you know, nothing. Obviously, there was no thought of a sequel, I don't think. After this had come out, but I just think some of that stuff, like that space jockey, is legitimately built. It's full size. Yeah. Mm. They legitimately built it. They actually wanted to cut it out. The producers were saying, "No, no, no, no we don't want it. We don't want it." And the production designer was saying, "This is going to be our like our a big ticket." You saying that's six months of my life? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be a big ticket <laughs> shot, and they decided to keep it. And it, it's a masterstroke. Yeah. It, mm. it had to be kept. Can I just say too? I've seen this movie a few times now, but every time I start watching it, I just think I hear John Hurt and I get confused with William Hurt. <laughs> and I sort of get disappointed when, oh, yeah, that's right. It's no, John it's Hurt. <laughs> different. A little bit different. A little bit different. <laughs> oh, dear. Now, there's a really, really good scene after the facehugger attachment when they're trying to get back in the ship. Mm. And it, it, it plays into Ripley as a character further on down the line. Yeah. She refuses to let them in. Yeah, because she's She smart. actually says... No, no, they've got an organism attached to him and we cannot do this. Mm. And Ash lets them in. And I thought that was a really cool scene because it kind of shows showcases that she's... Pragmatic. She, yeah, she's at a certain... She's got a certain sort of compass and this is what we're going to do. We're going to stick to it. And she's pretty tough. Yeah. Even then, like I originally... Yeah, challenging the captain. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't actually seen this for a while and I'd always sort of thought the Ripley character was sort of different 
in Aliens. Like, she'd become the tough character in Aliens. Yeah. But she was kind of tough in this anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. not quite the Sarah Connor no. uh, metamorphosis. She doesn't go from, no. like, a, a prancy waitress to being to a, some badass. To she's already got a little bit in, in there. Yeah. Um, she's an officer, so she's obviously risen through the ranks. And as a female back in the day, it probably would have been difficult too. So, yeah. even though she's in the future, is she? I don't know. <laughs> I, I believe it's <laughs> definitely not today. Don't don't complicate things. I'm already sort of stretching my um, cerebral limits here. <laughs> Trying to cut the face hugger off. Mm. It, it's it's a two second scene. It only lasts for a couple of seconds, but it showcases a it tries to tightens its grip around his neck. Yep. So immediately he dies if they do it. Yep. It bleeds acid, which makes it very difficult for them to shoot it later. Yeah. So you've just set the thing that you can't just shoot the alien when you see it because it bleeds acid and you could get that on you. And they showcase the you know, acid goes all the way through the yeah, ship. Multiple levels. Mm. And I thought that was again <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a very short scene, but it just covers a ton of little tiny story elements to keep you Basically trapped. Yeah, it's like you said, they, they catch you a little bit off guard when they do it, but then it sort of sets up something down the line yeah. that makes it things even more difficult for them. Did you guys know what they were going to do? Like when, when they're sort of running down through the levels chasing the acid, like, were they going to get a bit of Tupperware and try and <laughs> catch the drink to stop it going through the bulkhead? Yeah. Hang on, like, no, 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 yeah. won't get through the last layer. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> it's burnt through the Tupperware. Can you get on and get that lifetime warranty cashed in and get another one down here quick? Like they're worried about it going through the hole. What were they going to do if it was going to, like, catch it with your hands? No, what they would have done is got one of those Stone-dyed pans because nothing goes through that shit. And it'll just pour straight off on your plate like a little fried egg. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. I was like, yeah, chase it, guys, see what happens, but you're probably fucked if it goes anyway. Hmm. Now, the key scene of the movie is the chest-bursting alien. Yeah, which is Um, probably one of the only little beefs I've got. I think it kind of looks a little bit untidy because of the effects, I guess. But, I mean, you can't knock them for the, the, the work. It's just... You can kind of tell these days. It's it I think it, I one. It looks. It basically looks like he's wearing a a massive big something underneath it. You can actually see it all. Yeah, yeah. and also the, the, the angle of his collarbone and his shoulders. It's clearly that he's just his body's just coming yeah, up through the table and they've the got angle. this prosthetic on top of him. But but I like I, I do like the scene a lot because I think again it it, it throws that little bit of a. It's kind of scary. Mm. It's kind of creepy. It scares them like you can actually see the actors go oh shit like because I from what I read they weren't told what, what was going to happen. happen yeah I saw that and the alien when it comes out and then just goes and makes that screaming noise or whatever yeah I was just like ah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it runs across the table is the bit I've got an issue yeah, with more it's, it's basically being it, cool it's like Count Dracula <laughs> like when he just does the float thing he's yeah. like just sort of it's left. basically <laughs> just being yanked it looks like it's one of those little race horses that's in the, with a slot and it just runs across the table there's, there's no gate there's no bouncing yeah, it's just nothing. like, it's like yeah. sliding like I a do, train but I mean again they, they only that. show up for a second yeah which is good. Again, the editing's just, yeah. they've just gone shit. It's a, again, it like you can tell <laughs> that's the one scene where you can really sort of see the seams of the effects. But again, Ridley Scott does a really good job of just showing enough. Enough and mm. not too much. And yeah. not too much. So you can see <clears throat> a little bit of that, but it's not like they're lingering on those shots. And mm. So you can sort of forgive him for it. But yeah, it does look a little bit, um, I don't know, it reminded me of one of those old-timey sort of uh, arcade setups where they had magnets under the table and... Yeah, little men on bikes used yeah. to just go zip across the table. <laughs> yeah. It does yeah. actually. Yes, I think that the motion tracker basically provides to me the scariest scene in the movie with um, mm. Tom Skerritt. Yeah, it's right there. It's right there. It's right there. And then it just it, just before it pops out, it's just dark in front of him, and yeah. then suddenly, bang! It's it just there. comes out, and they cut away. Like uh, that's what I like. They don't just. Go for mass gore. Yeah. In fact, the movie is surprising. You saw it for about nothing. half a second, and yeah. then it was bang. Yeah. Cut to it's shot. barely got any gore in it at all. Mm. If you look at it now. No. But it's just the the way they shot that in specifically, and also the Harry Dean Stanton death. Yep. Similar sort of thing, um, where he's kind of you know he's washing, he's, he's sort of letting the water fall on his face, and he's just looking around, and suddenly you just see it's. Just sort of slips yeah. out behind him. Yeah. I was actually going to say the Harry Dean Stanton death was very close to being a dislike yeah. because Ooh. they're sending off in their they're sent sent off in their teams, and then of course, oh, it's a cat. Yeah, get up, go and get it yourself. Come <laughs> here, Jonesy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But because it leads to one of the probably one of the great reveals in cinema history. Yeah. 
it sort of gets a pass. Yeah. That he's sort of there on his own. And I love the fact that they never show it in full. Yeah. They just show its mouth going. And even when you <laughs> first oh, see it there, it's sort of out of out of focus and yeah, yeah it's just really really well great way of doing it. Can I just point out too? I think you might have. It might be the biggest like of the the film. Yeah. Tommy Scarrett drops the thrill me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you miss that? I didn't I notice it thrill me. You know, when, uh, when Lambert comes to give him a report. Did you pick up a phone and go thrill me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lambert gives him a report. Now, I had to watch it with subtitles at certain points for a couple of reasons. But uh, <laughs> So I was watching the subtitles. Lambert comes to give him a report. I think it's before they – I can't remember exactly where it is, but they're in the, they're in the sort of eating area and he's sort of sitting up at the table. It's just after um, Yafet Kato and Harry Dean Stanton have their right – Right, you're yeah, a parrot or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. And then he stands up at the table and Lambert sort of gives him a report and he goes, oh, thrill me, something or other. <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, he's coffee. obviously a big fan. Back <laughs> in 79, he saw big things for us. He <laughs> saw big things for Tommy's moustache too, don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. The future was bright. Yeah, the future is bright on Tom's moustache. <laughs> you could really, he could pass for Tommy Atkins in that sort of... In, Absolutely, in back in those days. God. <laughs> His moustache grew big enough. <laughs> Again... Ripley shows later on she steps up again, like when Dallas is gone. Yeah. She starts sort of telling them what to do, like telling Yafi Cotto and those guys what to do, even though they seem to have had a sort of – there's a little bit of tension between them. Yeah, especially at the start when she goes down and she's trying to, like, oversee the maintenance. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they sort of set that up. But But then she sort of takes control. And so, again, we're seeing a, a strong female action sort of character or character in this sort of role where usually Certainly back in 79, yeah. the you, female characters... Oh, it would have been revolutionary yeah, yeah, back then. It was then. almost Jeez. like... And to get... I mean, they had two women on the crew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, shit, what's going on here? <laughs> the other one was a bit of a punt, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was... Uh, she was being she was the, Yeah, and she was she was playing a little bit of the sort of damsel when the shit hit the fan. Yeah, she, she went panic mode straight yeah. away. Whereas Parker was kind of the... It was a bit of a loose cannon. He just needed to be pointed in the right direction. He was a bit of a hothead, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So Ripley kind of manages him, but... Had anything even had a heroine at this level, like a, an action movie sort of thing? Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Sort of exploitation movies and things like that. I don't think mainstream stuff had had something nah. like this. It's got to be. It's got to be a flagship for that stuff. Anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. Before there's before. no doubt about that. Uh, and the other thing I was going to say about Tom Skerritt's death, it actually changes the dynamic. It's like holy shit, anyone could go here. This yeah. was our guy. This was the guy we thought was the hero. Yeah, and he's just been resold like. 65 minutes in, 70 minutes in, or Which whatever. feels like about 30. Yeah, it's like, shit, you know, like, who's going to take over? Who's going to, who's he going to handle it? Mm. And I like that, that again, it sort of kept you on edge. It still kept you in that position where you couldn't just sit back and take a breath and rest. The movie by that stage is beginning to push forward and make you, the tension and the suspense yeah. is built up. You think you anything's on the yeah, table. anything's on the table. Hmm. Anything could come. The, the creature's now loose. It could come out anywhere. Yeah. It's simple, but really, really effective. I bet you George R. R. Martin was taking notes. What's that? You want to kill off the main character? I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And yeah, I like up. that, though. I, I love that. Spoiler I wish they'd do more of that <laughs> in, in mainstream movies today. Yeah. Because yeah, no, they don't take chances. Yeah. I mean, even though I love a lot of those uh, superhero films, I'd love to see them throw throw a curveball and kill somebody yeah. of note. Sorry, have you seen Executive Decision? <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be one of the they greatest did. rewards of all time. <laughs> this guy is the star of the movie oh, and he's dead. Five minutes in. Somebody of note. Um, <laughs> Mr. Seagal's Seagal. He's dropped his notes. I think, from what I heard, Seagal didn't want to die. He, mm. well, he wasn't but at that point, Seagal was a pretty big call at that he point. Was. Like, yeah, to have was. him on the yeah. cover of the DVD and I rent it thinking, yeah, Seagal movie... Oh, now I'm stuck with Kurt <laughs> Russell. Oh, that was one of the biggest examples. Now you think, thinking, damn, I ended up with the better of that deal. Yeah. <laughs> Seagal's just flying out the window. <laughs> We're left Thank with Christ. Kurt Russell. We've seen this sort of a thousand times now, but back then it would have been possibly one of the first to do it, was the old change protocol. Yep. We now need to keep the creature and the crew is now expendable. Yeah. I thought that was that's really cool. Certainly back then. We've seen it a million times now, so it lacks a little bit of the punch watching it now. Yep. But back then it would have been 
really awesome. I was really conscious of trying to watch this, thinking about how long ago it was made and the, the you know the sort of political situation it was in at the time and mm. what things had been done before and what had been done since, and it, it pretty much leads everything. Yeah, it's the first of pretty much. So I really liked that. Yeah. Um, mm. I also liked the fact that they held back on Ash being synthetic. Yeah, like you wouldn't have known. No, no that was a great reveal, and it yeah. was just another one of these things that was separate to the alien that just kept things chugging along just just sort of gave you that little bit to keep you going and quite frankly the scenes of him going off when they sort of bash him in the head and he Super starts creepy. buzzing is it creepy Bilbo's and losing it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets hit in the head and it falls off to the yeah. side yeah but when he starts sort of he no, starts sort of whizzing and yeah. Yeah. he's flinging his arms around like and then the head sort of comes off and it's creepy as hell, yeah, and then you and know, then when they fire when they him up again, it. when his his head's laying on the table, yeah, and I mean, and he's talking, and you uh, know the tricks, you know the tricks of the effects at that point, but fuck, even knowing it, just when he opens his eyes and sort of stares at him, you're just like, yeah. just go away because they get the prosthetic and they sort of stand it up, and then it just yeah. pops down, and then yeah. they do a quick cut, and, and they just do it, do enough to his voice to kind of, you just want him to just. Shut yeah. up and go. <laughs> go the guy right now. Even that reveal, though, when you first find it, when you see the, the milky sweat yeah. and, and you see Ripley sort of start figuring out what's going on, that informs all of his stuff he'd done up to that point. That's why he ignored her orders to not let him in and, and to breach the, the quarantine because he was under specific orders and he's probably just programmed to bring this thing back. Yes, yeah, that's, exactly. that's what his priority was. He doesn't, yep. he doesn't care if he dies. He's a frigging robot. And that plays back in. Like, it, it, it all comes back around. Yeah. Like, you don't even think about it when Ash lets them in. I didn't you even think about it. I just, he's just trying to yeah. help his mates. Oh, he's trying yeah. to help him out. No, no, he's doing it because the protocol's in place. Yeah. The, hint, the hints were there, though, because the, the hints whole were way there, leading yeah. up to it, he's super cold and analytical, and oh, yeah. he's very detached from everybody else, but you don't ever think Android until yeah. you know he's an Android. I didn't... Yeah. Uh, I didn't See, I didn't pick the Android stuff. I just thought he was a scientist. I thought he was seedy as shit, yeah. but I never picked the Android stuff. And then when that came into play, it was just like, That wow. makes sense. You know, yeah. But it's brilliant. Yep. The final big like I've got is the kind of late sting that the alien's in the pod, in the escape pod. Mm-hmm. And the way it kind of doesn't move, no. it, it puts its hand out and then she runs off and backs up and it kind of sits there and its little... Its little head inside its mouth goes, and just sort of tests the air. It, it doesn't sort of immediately burst out of the where it is. Was yeah. it starting to hibernate? I didn't I, understand why it didn't go and just smash her. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, or, or had it not actually seen her in the I, pod? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not clear on that. But I think it was just a, a continuation of just this masterclass in intention. Mm. Yeah. Basically, that she's in this sort of isolated. It's almost like a boxing ring now. Yeah. There's nowhere to go, um, and she just sort of slips back into the suit. And uh, yeah, yeah. It, and you're waiting. Was... And again, that that she's putting the suit on, and they keep cutting from her putting the suit on to it slowly easing its way out. Too. Easing its way out, and you're thinking, when when's it suddenly going to just? It's going to come out mm. like at her, but it never really does. Like they they just they tighten the screws till you fucking. Right on the edge of your seat. Yeah. And they, they don't... I mean, the movies today, you'd you deliver that punch. But yeah. it almost doesn't, in a way. It kind of restrains itself even not to go that far. Yeah. Um, which I think is great. It's just something that... And, yeah, I consider this, after watching it and really getting into it, there are three movies that I'm constantly scared by, um, no matter when I've seen them. Um, no matter what era, what time. The Ridiculous Six. Mm. Ridiculous Six. Terrifying. The Do-Over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys haven't even seen that yet. <laughs> Trust me, you're right to be scared. <laughs> no, it's Jaws, The Exorcist, and this. Yeah. Cat. You're a cat. Just because no, they right. do I, something. I think... they, 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 they don't. And in fact, The Conjuring did some of that. Yeah, it did. It did went to jump scares, of course, because you can't go without it. But it did a few scenes where you're supposed to see something. Yeah, but you, there's nothing there. The but Conjuring your mind is, is saying there's something, there's something fucking. Going the on Conjuring here. is like you get all those jump scares, but you can tell James Wan's seen. Yeah, these films and studied Jaws and Alien yeah. and things like that because <clears> he makes a good combo of them. But you're right; those three are. I mean, in terms of like tension, I would probably take Exorcist out of it because it 
it was a little bit different. But yeah. in terms of the tension, I would probably have Alien and and Jaws for sure, and then I'd chuck maybe Halloween in there. Yeah, Halloween's right in there. Yeah, sort of building like subtlety and building the tension in without actually showing a hell of a lot. Yeah, and um, the Exorcist was slightly different in that. I think more the creepy factor of the Exorcist. I, didn't want, was, I never want to see that kid again. Yeah, yeah, ever. yeah. Well, that's another one of those ones in the era too. You got to think about the, you know some of the language that was used, some of the themes. Mm. It, to have it in that, it's like having internet porn in the forties. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so far ahead of its time in terms yeah. of what it, what lines it was able to cross. Great analogy. Oh yeah, love it. I know. I know my. I know my internet. Porn. <laughs> <laughs> analogy, Does anyone else have any other key likes? No, I think we. We pretty well covered it. Ripley's casting, actually, is the only other thing I'd say. Oh, um, Sigourney yeah. Weaver's a very particular... She's got a very particular look, and she's also got a very particular mannerism, and I was actually amazed at how similar she looked in this to how, how she looked in Avatar. Mm. She has mm. not aged mm. basically at all. A couple of wrinkles. But, that's a bit, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a little bit there, but she... She's just got a very particular way about it, and she does. She gives off being strong and vulnerable at the same time. Yeah, definitely. She's got a very sort of stern way about her when she needs to. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. She can sort of. We talked when, about when she's this. in danger. You believe it. Yeah. yeah, we talked about this when we did Longest Good Night. Mm. That Not someone like Gina Davis <laughs> is a a good actress in certain things, but action wasn't a strength. Wasn't and it, it didn't work. Whereas, as we'll get to. I think with aliens, but in this as well, she is one hundred percent believable mm. as yeah. being either in fear or taking some charge. The other thing too is that I think's got lost in a little bit of the sort of horror and sci-fi, whichever way you go, is some, well sometimes she's a legit actress too. Mm. It's not, she's not just running around screaming. She's she can act. There's a yeah. lot of nuance. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a big, big like. But the casting in general, I mean, you get a guy like Harry Dean Stanton, who's a great sort of character actor. Yafet Kodo, who I hadn't seen a hell of a lot, other than he's sort of, you know, <laughs> other than being other, a, other than he's, an Elm he's Street. Or inducing performances in Freddy's Dead. <laughs> Is it he that can one? rock a bandana, though. And yeah. he, who seems to run a psychiatry out of a, out of a garbage disposal <laughs> unit or something. But yeah, he's really good. Uh, Tommy Skerritt, who's... Yeah. I mean, he's falling I mean, off his the radar a little bit. Does all the <laughs> his mustache. I thought the alien was hiding in his mustache. <laughs> but Tom Skerritt, who's like he's fallen off the radar in recent years, but he was a, he was a big name at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone in there can act. Yeah. So it's a really yeah. That's, and I that's guess definitely this was a weird movie. This was a sort of movie that really kind of started that you can put quality actors in quality material. Doesn't matter what the genre. Yeah. This is a yeah. genre that. Was it's a horror thriller slash sci-fi back in '79? That stuff was seen as B grade. Mm. This sort of disproved that that you could take a what would could be considered B grade and put it into A grade status. Uh, last little quick like, yeah. can we give Ripley an honorary uh, permed mullet? Induction. Oh yeah, <laughs> good quality it's a, performance. It's very in, the, in aliens, obviously, but in, in the this natural one. category, not it's the definitely enhanced natural. category. Oh yeah, it's natural, <laughs> and it's got some quality <laughs> bounce and shine. <laughs> the soul glow was working, mate. Yeah. That's, that's a nice little oh, mullet. It's even better in the sequel. <laughs> well, the sequel's more like a like a um, you know Florence Nightingale sort of little uh, permed halo. Yeah, but this is a, a quality winner. mullet. Yes. she's got some flow down the back. Oh, so. Of course, mate. Of Just course. had to give it a mention. There was a couple of times when I thought, when did they let Leo say her? <laughs> Dislikes. There's not many. There's only no. one for me, and it's very pedantic, and it is that sometimes in the early stages, the miniatures and the models of the ships, you can definitely see they're very you, much uh, you dated. S- you can see the Micro Machines label on it? Pretty much. Like, they look... Very poor. And There's a, a little bit of, of hand wobble too in yeah. some of it. You know, you see it's just it's flying along nice and smooth, and then all of a sudden it's just like a little yeah, bit of a yeah, bounce yeah. and the stars <laughs> next to it aren't yeah. quite there. It's just but that's about technology and, and it's just dated by its um its technology. Yeah, mine's it. mine's similar, it's the same you know, we already talked about the little aliens sliding yeah. across the desk and the and the prosthetic with um when uh, John Hurt's character you know gets burst out of. Um the only other thing for me would be just when the little alien pisses off it vanishes and then inexplicably has grown, what, a thousand times its size to become the actual alien. 
and yeah. it shed its skin. Like they, they sort of make that uh, reference where the skin yeah. is like, like a skin. snake. Yeah. So it's shed and it's sort of grown a bit, but that's a lot of growing. It didn't <laughs> feed, so it's got all its energy from being inside his guts, and then like, that was a bit of a tough sell to me. Yeah. But yeah. It just wasn't explained. I think that's just a you got to swallow it. Yeah, they just you sort can't of had to enjoy the movie. You have no to. one wants to see puberty yeah. of an alien. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they really sort of probably took that decision of. Well, shit, we really don't have an answer for this. Do we want another half hour of movie? No, we don't want to, so we'll yeah. just sort of continue the... Even if it had, it had fucked off and then and then eaten Jonesy the cat, you know, just to give itself a little bit of a boost or something, it just seemed weird that you know, they pick up this little skin that's sort of, you know, the size of your hand, and then the next time we see it, it's, you know, probably eight feet tall yeah. and ten feet it's long. It's not explained. It's just, it yeah, that was a bit of a bit of a reach, but that was yeah. pretty much it for me. Yeah, I've only got a couple of minor quibbles. First one is I'm a dog person, so if I'm finding Jonesy, I'm putting a can of Snappy Tom in the airlock. Yeah. <laughs> You're bait, Jonesy. Yeah. Um, the, the, the real ginger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the real one for me is that nobody else is all that pissed off with Ash when uh, when things start going awry, that he's let them in and then he's the one that's cutting it when it's sort of uh, when the blood sort of comes out yeah. and they just sort of let him continue sort of undermining along the way. And you could see it early on. As I said, I picked up on a couple of things like that he looked seedy. I never picked up on the, that he was a robot, but you could see these seedy little things. And Ripley goes from like seeing it and sort of calling him out in parts of it to just sort of letting it continue happen. Yeah. Um, and that continues on with the whole crew when she gets a few supporters in Parker and, and uh, I think it's yeah, Parker, someone else is in there as well. They're all going, yeah. Let's let's fucking freeze him and quarantine that shit. Yeah. To oh, he's awake. Let's go and have a feed. Yeah. Back slapping. And that only you barely even get Kane being there for more than about a minute. Yeah. Before it's burst out of his stomach, it's almost yeah. like oh. But um, yeah, as I said, that's minor, really, really minor quibbles. And I think for the most part, the the Ash stuff was done really well. Mm. Um, it was just there was a couple of bits where I'm thinking she was. She was right close to turning on the bloke and putting him in the airlock just about, and then it sort of just keeps lets it keep on going and yeah. going with a couple of very suspect actions from him. Yeah, but yeah, doesn't doesn't dull the enjoyment. They yeah. sort of try and cover that off with the who who outranks who and whose yeah. jurisdiction yeah. is what because he's the science officer and she's you know the third in command. I think yeah, I think that. that's how it's explained. So that's sort of how they try and hand wave it away. But I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, it was a bit suspicious. Yeah. Any other dislikes? No, nah, that's it. Can't have any more. Yeah, it's definitely a, a, an absolute classic. Now, uh, when I, growing up, you know, Aliens was the one for me, but they're different movies. The simple fact is this is a horror film. It's Rocky 1 to Rocky 4, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Rocky 4 is far better. <laughs> but, but it's a totally different movie. Yeah. It's, even though it's a sci-fi, this is a sci-fi horror film, whereas the sequel is a sci-fi action movie. Yeah. They're different. Um, and yeah, we'll yeah. get to that obviously in the next episode, but it's a, it's a. I think it's fair to say it's, it's a classic. Yeah, it's an definitely all classic. Time. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, contact us at our email address at thrillme at iinet.net.au or on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia, or like us at Podomatic at thrillme.podomatic.com. Thank you very much to Alistair, mate. Very good thoughts on the film, and he will be with us for the rest of the series. Way to steal all that material, Al. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's talking he about. Does. He does. But until next episode, we will be covering Aliens next episode. Uh, take it easy, and we'll catch up with you later. Cheers. Find the podcast at Podomatic or on iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook at Thrill Me Podcast Australia or contact us at Thrill Me, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.